I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Lonnie. Hmm. The good thing about going to a film festival is that you meet lots of different people attending the festival. You can see grandmas, grandkids, partners, older people. Yeah. Sometimes you sit down in your seat and you hear behind you are two film reviewers and they're having a little discussion and very helpfully every trailer that comes on, they share their opinions loud enough for pretty much the entire cinema to hear. And what's Mm. really great is that you don't even need to go see as many films as you do, as you wanted to see, um, because they spoil all of them. By being like, oh, and I hated this bit when this thing happened. Oh, that was so derivative. I Are we like that? I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a pompous little so-and-so. I want to be your friend who's like, hey, real talk, this is a great movie. Yeah, well, that's what we like. We certainly don't go play our podcast to other people who don't want to hear it as they're waiting for other films. Should we do a live it recording? It sounds like that's happened to you. Just take it into the cinema. Yeah, and- <laughs> Well, we spoil the films because we've done a podcast where we highlight that at the beginning, so. Oh, it was truly great. <laughs> that is rough. You'll be pleased, though. you can't stop sound coming into your ears once it's happening. You can't. No. If they're spoiling it, they're spoiling it in front of you, you know. But you'll be pleased. I did the classic, like, turn around and look and then turn back because did I'm too afraid of confrontation. They did quieten down a little. Okay, that's good. So that's good. But just don't be a dick. Be mindful, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello there, this is I Only Like You in Movies. My name's Lonnie, her name's Sine. How's it going, Sine? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Okay, thanks for... <laughs> on the ball, that's good. Um, what have we watched this week, Sine? Is it one film? Is it many films? Is it a film festival we attended? It's a film festival we attended, but all the films will be getting their own release. So some of these, it's a little sneak preview. Mm. Some of them you can come Mm -hmm. back and visit if you wish not to be spoiled. And some of them you can be like, oh, that's on streaming now. I'll give that a go. Mm -hmm. So normally we're sometimes behind the ball, sometimes we're on the ball. This time we're ahead of the ball. So We're ahead of the ball. There you go. That classic saying that everyone says. (laughs) (laughs) What? What films have we got today, Sine? All right. So we've seen one together at the same time, but in different locations. I've yes. seen two on my own and you have seen one. So we have Emily yes. starring the amazing Emma Mackey from Sex Education. Lonnie's going to talk about Banshees of Inisherin mm-hmm. in a way that hopefully doesn't spoil it to me because I still want to watch that. Um, I also saw Empire of Light with, with Olivia Coleman, and we've both seen What's Love Got to Do With It with Lily James, Emma Thompson, and other people that I can't remember right now. Okay. So the first three we might talk sort of just quickly and 
sort of in general our opinions, but for what's love got to do with it, we'll probably get into the meat and bones of that one because we both saw it and mm-hmm. we can we'll spoil that one, okay? Just just so you know. I'll leave some timestamps in the description. Yeah, so definitely. if you'd like to jump around or skip, you're welcome to. Yeah. And sometimes the time those timestamps can be a bit off with ads and stuff, but you know, roughly that's where they'll be going, okay? Oh yeah, I don't think um Take it away, Sine. Emily. Who's Emily? What's what's her deal? Emily. What'd she do? It's it's only bloody Emily Bronte. Oh. The Emily Bronte. The Emily cool. Bronte. Whose name, interestingly, was not spelt with the is it called a diar- diaresis? How do you pronounce that? Diaresis? Like the umlaut? Yeah, but it's not an umlaut because it's not German, so it's no, okay. Yeah. Diaresis. It's not spelled without the two little dots. Her okay. dad was like, oh, let's just put two little dots on the end of our name to make people understand that it's pronounced Bronte and not Bront with an E. <laughs> We've got a Leo Grande uh-huh. situation on our hands. Anyway, um, okay. small gripe. So this is a biographical, huge asterisk film. Um, with Emma Mackey, as I said, who plays Maeve in Sex Education, who is wonderful and incredible and a long-lost sister of Margot Robbie, one might think. And it's centrally... Would some say more talented? Okay, let's not get into that. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) They could both be talented. I've just noticed her They're doing different things. Her picture on Wikipedia, she's got curtain bangs. I have to get them, don't I? I just have to do it. You know when you think you're not going to like something, but you have to do it anyway, just to confirm that, yeah, okay, this was wrong. I think that's what, what that's the journey I'm on. Anyway, so the Christmas. film <laughs> is about her um, life, essentially, before she wrote Wuthering Heights. And mm-hmm. interestingly, Joe Orwin, I was going to say spouse, they're not married, um, partner of one Miss T. Swizzle, was originally signed on to do the role. And I think maybe he would have been a bit better. Because Fionn... Of, of Emily? No. Sure? <laughs> I reckon, Margaret, I reckon um, Emma Mackey's probably a better choice, oh personally. He was not, signed not have you seen the film. Love Interest, who is oh, okay. played by Olivia... Olivia, who is played by Oliver Mansur Jackson Cohen, who was only the invisible man in Invisible Man. I knew something was All up right. with him. I wasn't here for him. And he's like a Clive Owen um, discount. Not here for him. So it's about her life, right, and writing Wuthering Heights, one of the best-known films ever, and sort of the life of her family and her sisters. Here's the big the kicker. This movie presents a tumultuous love affair that they are sort mm. of saying this is how she wrote, wrote Wuthering Heights, right? It's all made up. Oh, based on our own, our own experiences. It's all made up. She never that's, had... That's to tie in what happened in, this, in the book to her real life for a movie? Is that what they've done? Sort of. Mm. They're essentially saying there's no way that she could have written Wuthering Heights unless she had experienced a great love of her own. And right. that... She couldn't imagine things. irks me because yeah, okay. the whole amazingness of Emily Bronte is that she was able to produce a work like Wuthering Heights having not ever experienced a relationship before. Like that's so central to her as a figure that I think it does such a disservice to say there's only one way she could have done this and it's by having to have experienced that herself. And I watched an interview. One of the YouTubers Mm. I watch did a interview with the director and they also said the same thing. 
why would you invent something like that that is literally mm. the counter opposite of who that person was, you know? And there was some sort of answer mm. about, oh, well, it's good to explore things in film, blah, blah, blah. Mm. No, it's not. Not when it's like the exact no. opposite. Like what? <sighs> That's a shame, but is the movie then she writes a book? Well, she doesn't even she's really... She's a nice person to write a book. We don't really see... She's Okay, so she's got anxiety issues. She doesn't like being around public. She's got a lot of trouble. She mm. wants to be a writer. She's not allowed to be a writer. She's not allowed to experience things. They ship her off sure. to try and be a teacher and she can't cope with that and has panic attacks. Like, that stuff's really interesting and Emily was known as the weird like, one in the family. So that stuff's really great. So there's a bit of a journey to her. Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of like, oh, by the way, she wrote about this. Here's a copy of a published book. And also this guy mm. she had this tumultuous relationship with kind of inspired it. So, Which didn't happen. Yeah. No. Okay. So if you want to see Emma Mackey being beautiful and brilliant, totally watch it. But if you're interested in learning about Emily Bronte, I'd steer you perhaps more towards a um, documentary or an autobiography instead. Right. Did you get the impression that it – did you find it weird watching her – be someone else not Maeve yes it is weird and I think didn't she did she say things in the same way Maeve would and you just like getting freaked out because she's wearing an old-timey dress and stuff freedom and thought was very Maeve-esque but for the most part she's yeah, okay but yes she is mm. it's hard to divorce her from that character at the moment she also does they did like a historical episode on sex education. yeah that'd be fun she also does have a face mm. that's seen an iPhone as Erica said Yes. Similar to Dakota yeah. Johnson in Persuasion. <laughs> she does. <laughs> anyway. Nice. All right, moving on. Wait, I'm reading it. Are you done? I'm okay. reading it. I'm going to read it two and a half stars. That's all. Mm. Right. Okay. The Banshees of Inishirin. Black tragicomedy, as Wikipedia calls it. That's good. Um, Martin McDonough, you, you would know from um, various other films. Uh, most probably importantly for this film, um, in Bruges, he did that previously with the same two main actors, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Uh, most recently, he did uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Interesting film. We we did a podcast on as I remember, mm. um, and at least we saw it. Well, those ones is hard to get a good handle on, you know. Yeah. Also, famously, the partner of Phoebe Waller Bridge. So. Mm. Must be on something, right? <laughs> because we define people by their romantic partners yes. on this show. <laughs> anyway, um, you haven't seen it yet, Snake. And I thought you weren't keen on it, but now you're saying you want to see it. Is that right? Uh, I do want to see it because it looks interesting. I'll tell you the thing that's put me off. I saw the trailer and I reckon there's a finger that gets cut off and put in a box and there were animals around and I'm like, if anything happens to an animal, I swear to God. So I'm just a bit hesitant about that. Interesting. Okay. Well, I won't go into spoilers. You're not going to confirm or deny either from, of those things. <laughs> from from what? No. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> from what you got from the trailer, which I, I can talk about, I guess, because it's in the trailer. Um, there are two friends played by Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson. Brennan Gleeson tells Colin Farrell one day, I don't want to be a friend anymore. Mm. And... This sets off a whole chain of events that, yeah, involves some some interesting things eventually, as the trailer hinted towards. It's a very simple story, mm-hmm. yet 
it says so much and it really makes you question things. Not many films I've seen recently which really make me re-question my life and where I'm going and the things I, I choose to value, which this film does. Um, and at its core, it's just kind of an interesting question about, yeah, what if your mate said no? We're not mates anymore. Mm. What would you do? You'd go crazy. Try to figure out why, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's, it's just, it's not the done thing. In particularly our culture, and I would assume most cultures around the world, like your friends are your friends. You don't really fall out with your, either you fall out with your friends, you have a big fight, and you're not friends anymore, or you drift apart. I was just your friend say, doesn't just say no. It's like the equivalent of ghosting almost with dating, right? Like you just somehow drift apart. You don't respond to messages, and now you're not contactable. You don't say, "Yeah, yeah." I've you, had a nice you time. You don't get told, Goodbye. "No, we're not, we're not, we're not friends anymore." Like, you know, romantic partners, they, mm. that can happen. You can break up, but mm-hmm. you can't break up a friend like this, really. So that, that's an interesting concept. Um, so, yeah, I'd encourage you to see it. We, potentially we can do an episode on it when it when it does come out today because I think it's going to get Oscar buzz. I think so too. Very good. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell, one of the greats. Um, I can't believe the last time I saw him he was under all that makeup and fat suit for... Uh, the penguin i actually love it when he just does straight roles without relying on prosthetics or funny accents or whatever he, just be an actor yeah yeah definitely just do it yeah as, as we said in the show before i think or someone has in the, in the history he's an interesting character actor in a handsome leading man's body he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> this this film really does that together mm. it's, just, it's it's very sad film as well to me mm. and I saw it. I didn't actually see it at the British Film Festival. Sorry if this is going to ruin the whole podcast. I saw it for the Brisbane International Film Festival. Not allowed. This is one festival-focused episode. (laughs) (laughs) They were happening around the same time. So actually I watched it during the same period. Mm -hmm. But the audience I saw it, I think it was a Saturday night crowd, obviously quite informed to be going to see this film months before it actually releases widespread. You're seeing it at a film festival. And there are jokes, right? But the way the audience reacted and they were kind of feeding on each other, mm. it was like a little joke would happen and they were laughing like a sitcom audience, like just uproariously. And it's like, no, that was a little joke you're supposed to chuckle at. It wasn't supposed to be laugh tracked like you would on, on Friends, you know? Interesting you say Sounds that. Sounds a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think potentially watching this, at Palace Cinemas with two other oldies, which is, I think, how we're supposed to watch this film, you might get that different appreciation of it. I don't think it was supposed to be how I watched it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes audiences sort of get, they feed onto each other. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some, some really dark stuff happening as well, and it's, it's there's no really nice character. Everyone's very flawed, even, you know, going from, someone you think has got a good idea good good reason for what they're doing and then it turns you turn around you're like oh wait they've actually done something awful now but that's just human nature and human life isn't it mm-hmm. um parry barry keegan who's had a bit of a mm. streak recently as well he's in it and he, he's very good probably yeah one of the better things i've seen him in recently does we... he play colin's son no okay but they're, they're buddies okay sure yep yeah Anyway, yeah, I can't say too much more without, um, but yeah, you're seeing it. But I, I really liked it, and it just, yeah, the human conditions today. We're very weird people, aren't we, humans? We are. 
This this film gets to that. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, four st- oh, five stars for me, actually, I might say. Five stars. <laughs> As yes. we recently discovered, a film does not have to be perfect to consider, be considered five stars by you. Oh, in that, that thing we, we talked about recently, like, you know, a great film was just like three good scenes or something. Yeah. This this film has lots of great scenes. One in particular, I think you'll know when you see it. Mm-hmm. Just it really blows it all, all the way. Yeah. It's good stuff. And there's a very cute it. dog. It's a oh, very good. cute dog. I'm excited. Me. I'll have to look it up on Does the Dog Die just to check that there's no animal violence. But yes. No comment. Okay. Well, how am I going to see it then? You know? Anyway. Spoiler alert, the dog's okay. The dog's okay. Okay, all right? great. All right. That's all I need to know. That's not the only spoiler I care about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. What's your next one? My next one is Empire of Light, which I actually saw under unusual circumstances. So this movie, I was looking at the schedule for the British Film Festival, it was only on at one time at one location. And I was like, that's bizarre. But it was at the Astor Theatre, which I've been meaning to go mm-hmm. to for a long time, but I haven't. So... The Astor Theatre is the last single screen theatre in the Southern Hemisphere and the manager of the Astor Theatre came out before the movie to make a speech about it and everything. And so the Walt Disney Company had granted granted them exclusive rights to show it um, before its full release in January 2023 in Australia, which is really Mm. interesting. And um, with the context of the film, it makes perfect sense why they chose the Astor Theatre to be um, allowed to show it. So the film is about a very small movie theatre set in Margate in England um, and about the people who work at the cinema. Um, So Olivia Coleman is in this and she is perfection as she always is. It's a Sam Mendes film who you might know from Revolutionary Road and... uh, American Beauty. American Beauty. Uh, couple, lots of movies. Red Petition, yeah, <laughs> Skyfall, yeah. all those movies. A couple of uh, James Bonds, yeah. Yeah, 1917 more recently. Mm. Um, and I think this is my favourite Would you Would you say is. it's a love letter to cinema, Sine? It's a bit of a love letter to cinema, yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's it, good. it more focuses on the people who work at the cinema and it's a love story. Would you, would you say it's a, a love letter to the people who work at a cinema? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> like it's a it's a small cinema with a family who work like not a family, but like you find family in your colleagues and I could see that a lot at the Astor and it was really cool to see that. So Astor Theatre as a location is incredible. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> would you say it's a love letter to the found family you find when you work at a cinema? I would say that, yes. <laughs> Anyway, so the Astor Theatre was... on the poster, I okay, when it comes. <laughs> okay, oh. Stop. Astor Theatre was built in the 30s and the building itself is incredible. It's this massive, like, wooden... There's, like, a bottom row and a bottom story and then a top story and it's just a cool location to go to if you ever get a chance. Anyway, so the film, it's a love story. Um, it takes place in the 80s in Margate, as I said, in England, and there's a lot of um, exploration of racism in the film. Mm-hmm. Some of it was quite heavy-handed and not the most deftly done. Um, 
but I think it strengthened the narrative to have that undercurrent. Um, this is very difficult giving a review without spoiling it. Um, Toby Jones is in this, one of the great character actors of our time. He's wonderful, as he always is. And Colin Firth is also in this, playing a not very nice man, which is very difficult to watch. It's not like when Tom <laughs> Hanks plays a bad guy and you're like, oh, but that's Tom Hanks. It's like, oh, that's Colin Firth. Like, he's a sweetie. He shouldn't be doing that. Um, I would really recommend that you see this when it comes out in January. It is really, really great. Um, Trent Reznor did the music from Nine Inch Nails. I think he's a yeah. – um, he mostly works on film productions now doing scores and his yeah. music was beautiful. Um, and it intersects a lot with songs of the time as well. There's like a recurring sort of theme of records being played. Um and would you would you say, Sine? If you're gonna make that joke again, I swear to God. <laughs> would you say that the soundtrack is a love letter to the nineteen eighties pop music scene? No, I wouldn't say that because it's not. It's about a particular genre of music that a person of colour finds connection and comfort in oh. in the film. So I can't wait to find out what that love letter is addressed to. Similarly to your complaint about Banshees, the crowd, it was a packed audience, like it was completely full, were laughing a lot mm. in this film. At times, mm. I, I don't, guys, I think that's supposed to be sad. I don't think that's supposed to be funny. I think oh, really? this is a really mm. like, there's a lot of mental health I, stuff I going on. I, I, in, in my screening, there was one guy who had a weird laugh and he sort of kept laughing after everyone else stopped. But then people laughed at his laugh sort of thing. Right. And I got the feeling at some point he was playing up to it a bit as well, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like the class clown sort of thing at school. So, yeah, it it can be a bit off-putting kind of at times. It can be. I think, yeah, definitely it was the case of, oh, we're laughing because we're in a theatre and a funny thing has happened, so the expected thing for an audience member to do is laugh rather than that's some. Yeah, that. There were a the couple of moments where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of funny. But on the whole, it's not a funny movie. Mm. Like, I'm just reading a review here that says that it it contains some fine performances and a few flashes of brilliance, um, but it's disappointingly mundane. And I understand mm. that thing. But if you like slower movies, like the Before series that we talk about quite often on the podcast, mm-hmm. Sam Mendes' movies are quite slow. Um, mm. And there's a lot of focus on these this cast of characters who work at the cinema and they're all perfectly cast all the actors are perfectly cast and really really strong and it's a really sad moving story that i really really liked um no it seems like it's made for people like you and me who love movies it is and if you like sam mendes and his his cinematography Hmm. Just shot framing. Luscious. Like yeah. just watch it just for the framing of shots. Just watch it for lighting. Mm. Like it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So many times you use a split screen. It's got plays a lot with foreground oh, and background, wow. with lights on in the background and turning off cool. and on. It's really beautifully scrapbooked together. Like if he's mm-hmm. telling a story using every single mode and technique yeah. of film that he can. Like a DJ, and sometimes I'm like, 
maybe filmmakers should make films about real people and their struggles, not just how great movies are. Because, like, of yeah. course, you think that because you're a filmmaker. But having said that, I do love movies that are about movies as well. So well, this is the thing. People who, <laughs> go to the see, people who go to see movies like movies, otherwise they wouldn't be there. So you're also making yeah, it for all exactly. of them as well, not just the Hollywood elite or whatever people think. But, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, things like La La Land, The Artist, always, you know, lots of movies over yeah. the years. It gets, gets a bit ridiculous sometimes. But See, I like all those that, movies. Like, so. there, there is magic on the screen. <laughs> let's face it. Like, that's yeah. why we're here. That's why a lot of the world's economy is... is all yeah. about, about this thing and there's a beautiful, why it's the most popular art form. Yeah, there's a beautiful monologue that Toby Jones gives in the film. So his character Norman is the projectionist and he that's his job and no mm-hmm. one's allowed to go in his room and it's all very special. Mm-hmm. And he says it, it's incredible. Like there's a flaw in your optic nerve, which he says in the trailer, it's not a spoiler, that you put images close enough together it looks like they're moving. And I think when we go see mm-hmm. movies, you don't think about that. You're seeing static images just really, really fast, and your brain is mm-hmm. bridging the gap between those to make it look like action is happening. Like that's all it is. Yeah. Like it, that is that's nuts. That's nuts that that's what cinema is. Like how that's good and how I, and yeah. Anyway, it's I haven't seen the film, but it's a, sounds like it's a reminder that you know these are stories and they're a bit, bit bigger than us, and yeah. it's about your imagination and. All that, not just content, another thing to watch on no. your app or whatever. And I think, like, I think that review talking about it, attributed as magic to cinema, I, I don't know if it is. Like, it's much more focused on the life of Olivia Coleman's character and her experience working mm-hmm. at the cinema and her experience learning to love film That's again. Good. Yeah. Um, and Sweet. it's slow. Like, you could, someone, a cynic could come away from this and be like, oh, nothing happened. But, like, everything happened. Like, <laughs> You don't, I don't know, it just depends the kind of movie that you like. If you like a slow, introspective thing that will make you think, this is a good one. Okay. I am giving right. it mm, four and three quarter stars. Right. It's really good. A love letter, you said, I think. That's all good. That's cool. I was just Sweet. quoting the review. <sighs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Speaking of love, yes. what's got to do with it, Sinead? What do you reckon? <laughs> Emma Thompson loves to be in films that are about lyrics. Just have a lyric as the title. Yeah. That's her, mm-hmm. her Last Christmas. big renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grande. <laughs> Not a song, but yeah. <laughs> Not a song. Could be, though. That mm-hmm. makes more sense if it was a song. Uh, this is a rom-com. It was the... 
final film of the festival, and it played simultaneously, I think, around the world, around the country. Exciting. Definitely played on the same night for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering why we didn't get um, the Empire of Light, you said? Yes. The last film? There you go. Um, kind of Brisbane, obviously, because there was that special arrangement with the Aster. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it up here, so I'll have to wait until it comes out. Uh, anyway, what's I got to do with it was here. I watched it. Um, I have mixed opinions, Sinead. We'll get so into <laughs> detail because you've seen it too. What, what Do you have similarly mixed views? At the end of the day, I'm a sucker for a rom-com. So I'm going to tolerate a few more issues than I would in any other genre. I'm acknowledging right, my okay. own bias. <laughs> yeah, But some on. things, I think there was a better movie in there and I don't think we got it. Mm, okay, well, what what was the film we got? What's it about? I'll, I'll, you said the last film, I'll do this one. Um, right. Lily James, who we love. Yes. Is Zoe. She's a filmmaker in, in this film. She's a documentary maker. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that her best friend from when she was growing up, her neighbour, uh, Gazim, is entering into an arranged marriage. What do they call it instead of arranged marriage now? Assisted. Assisted marriage, that's it. Um his family um and she finds this compelling interesting how you know how does this play in 2022 um contemporary britain and so she is pitches this idea and she gets commissioned to make a documentary following him um and the journey as you might tell in a rom-com maybe there are some other feelings under the surface in this scenario that she finds herself in um and of course it's a little bit more to Kazim and his story as well, as we find out. First thing I'll say, Sine, and spoiler ahead, I don't think she was a good filmmaker. Oh, my God, thank you. So she is... <laughs> okay. How is she shooting an entire documentary on a handheld Canon DSLR? I know. And even then, she barely shoots. She's mainly just chatting to him She's and she puts the camera up every now and then. So you're inserting yourself into the documentary, which I guess you might have to do because they're your neighbour, so you've got a personal connection to the story. Yes. You're filming at the weirdest times. Weirdest, weirdest times. <laughs> you don't have a steady cam? You don't have a crew? You don't have a boom mic? How are you getting... No, it should have to have a crew, wouldn't you? You do a piece to camera in a hall in India that is the most echoey location you could have found. That is the worst place to film a piece to camera. What are you doing? <laughs> Very weird. And, I mean, we'll just go with it because that's the film. That's fine. Fine, whatever, yeah. But <laughs> I just had that thought all the time. Just have a crew. And every time she's, know, like, yeah. panning the camera up the stairs to look at the beautiful building, it's like, what is this shot? Imagine mm. seeing that shot in a film, which is this camera that just gets yanked up looking at things. Like... <laughs> What? And then it turns out her completed film in the end seems to solely be pieces to camera anyway. So why were you filming all the other yeah. stuff? Yeah, <sighs> exactly. And then there are some times where she, well, at the beginning of the film, they sort of lose it after a while, but they have scenes where she's like flying the wall sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like just shooting from like the worst spot, like behind him, so you can't see his face. I know. And like she's in the corner of the room. So why, why we need a whole crew and multiple cameras to shoot this sort of stuff mm-hmm. anyway? That's beside the point. <laughs> my my other complaint, and spoilers happening here, they they actually love each other. Yeah. We all know that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's okay, right? That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. We can go with it. I'm I'm okay playing the game a bit with the filmmakers because 
I want you to take me on the journey and entice me through it and give me some hints they love each other before we actually declare it to each other. Mm-hmm. I just didn't quite buy it, though, Sine, unfortunately. And no shade on um, Shazad Latif. I don't know if it was the direction or his performance or, or what it was, but if he was maybe 25% more charismatic, I think it would have worked. Yeah. But he's just kind of there. Lily James is is doing her best. Am I am I on the right track there? I agree. I didn't really buy the chemistry between them. Although then they had that really saucy kiss at the end that went on for like way too long, and you could like see tongue and everything. I was like, oh my god, are we Fifty Shades of Graying just right at the end here? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was like, where was that sure. chemistry for the rest of the mm. film? Did you shoot that last and then go, mm. oh shit, we should have started with Maybe. that to develop it? Like, I agree. I I, I don't know. I I have a few issues with the film. I have, did you find, okay, a couple of things. Shots that were in the trailer were not in the film. Classic complaint from me. I didn't see the trailer, but okay. Okay, yeah. well, they were. And okay. there's a, the scene where she goes in to talk to the two execs, right, about her new project. And mm. I, I found them annoying. I Sorry, only, just, yeah. They just seem like one-dimensional sort of they sketch were. characters. One-dimensional, yeah, anyway. here's what we think of producer is like um yeah a bit of satire but yeah. yeah some of the shots that were used in the film were on her right delivering her lines mm-hmm. that whole sequence were on them while she was delivering lines and were edited so oddly that they tried to rework the scene in post and so we only had b-roll of their reaction shots as she's suggesting all these options mm. awful Awful, awful example of studio yeah. meddling. You've shot the scene. It's in the trailer. Just use the scene. Just use the scene. <laughs> it was fine how it played out in the trailer. You didn't need to. I noticed mm, more. Okay. What, what did we see recently that had weird editing that I commented on? Something else I where remember. I was like, it's always on reaction shots or something. Oh, Amsterdam, I think, mm. about cutting scenes mm. off really short and then having lots of ADR to try and figure things out. In that first sequence, yeah, it was the same thing. It was the same thing. Lily James has a line off screen and we're just in an establishing shot of this guy as he sits down to his desk and swings on his chair and thinks mm-hmm. about what she just said and we don't cut away for a long time. Really poor filmmaking, I thought. Like, really poor. Well, what about the script when they first see each other? As you know, I'm an award-winning documentary maker. Yes, I do know this. And I'm a doctor, as you know. As you know, this is what I do. We are these people. And this is this is the uh, tree that we used to sit in as we, when we were children, as we grew up next to each other. Yeah. Exposition, exposition, <laughs> awful. <laughs> we get it, and also, but we didn't actually see him being a doctor at all. I think one stage no. he looks at a at a X ray. He looked at an X ray once. He walked down some stairs, mm. and then he met his mum in a cafeteria. I think they're the three yeah. doctor shots that we had. But like it's just a, a little a little trick. I was thinking of like in promising young woman. Mm-hmm. We saw Bo Burnham talking to the kid, right? Yes. Being a doctor, mm-hmm. and we sort of get a sense of he's got a, a wider life outside of just the scenes we see him in. Yeah. And we see him being a doctor and being cool and like you know authoritative. But this guy is just sort of just around being mopey. He's just there. Oh no, I'm getting a girlfriend for free. Okay, (laughs) would you like to have been in this situation? I don't think you would have. I will say, 
Emma Thompson's transcendence to supporting comedic character, eccentric mother aunt mm. role, I'm here for it. She's very funny. Yeah. She was great in this. You could just sort of tell that sort of... She seemed real, didn't she? That sort of person definitely existed. Doesn't mean to be felt. racist, but is being very racist, but means well. The, yeah, all the yeah. dog stuff with the, with the vet. Oh, just yeah. Classic. Classic material, all that. Here's my biggest complaint yeah. about the film. Oh, the biggest one? Okay, I thought we'd already been there, but okay. No, no, no. Big time. Okay, so the the end result is that he gets this arranged marriage, he goes through with the marriage, and then it turns out the woman that he was supposed to marry was in love with someone else, you know, and hasn't stopped mm-hmm. talking to them and can't stop thinking about them and is really unhappy and they want to get a divorce, which apparently you just say, I divorce you, which sounds great. Honestly, that's that should, seems like a much easier way to do all this. Here's my thing. What if it had worked? What if this whole time Lily James's character is going around being like, this won't work. What about love at first sight? And he's mm. like, oh, you learn to love each other the longer you're with them. And then she gets to the end and she's like, it doesn't work. She's not been on a journey. She went from it doesn't work to it doesn't work. What if it had? Because the whole point of this film, you know, they even comment on the film like a white director making a film about a culture that is not her own and so it can't get made. Here I feel like it's very much a Western view of this culture being like, of course this isn't going to work because this is how we know isn't the quote-unquote right way to fall in love, you know? What if it had? Mm. And it actually challenged our views as an audience being like, oh, maybe there is something to this assisted marriage and this other culture and maybe we shouldn't judge people for going through something like this and maybe the way we do it is actually wrong. Rather being like, this is stupid and it turns out it's stupid. Don't you think that could yeah, be a more right. interesting ending if they don't get together? Well, it just is very convenient that the girl he ends up with doesn't want to be with him and so then he's free to be with mm-hmm. Lily James. Which because is you, what need, you need ending... a guilt-free way for him to exit out of that relationship, mm. right? Because he's your lead, yeah, so exactly. you can't taint him in any way. He needs to be still perfect. Mm. Yeah, it's felt a, bit, felt a bit convenient and all that. Um, I did like there was a wrinkle to the to the woman he is arranged to marry mm-hmm. in that she's actually you know, she's seen as the the perfect Muslim girl that yes. he is going to marry. But then she's got a, a party side. She's doing drugs. Perhaps not the person. Yeah, she's doing drugs. And, and as we find out, eventually she's you know in love with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before that, she's not the, the girl that you're first led to believe. I thought that was interesting. I didn't sort of expect that to happen. Um, so she's seen more. I agree. Know, she's yeah. seen three-dimensional, unlike mm-hmm. maybe some of the other characters. But they didn't go, much, go very far with it. No. It was nice, though, when she came out after seeing the documentary and said it was beautiful. Yeah, and that was nice. Nice moment. There was a bit of a connection there between them. Um, also very funny. I watched this, yeah, as we said, in the, in the film festival. Probably the youngest person there by about 50 years. <laughs> That's rough. So I was with Erica, so <laughs> not quite, but <laughs> both of us. A bit of a younger, younger audience than the rest of everyone. Um, and when she appeared on screen for the first time, the woman he's arranged to marry, mm. um, the whole like a gasp, like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. Everyone is saying to each other. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah, and she was, obviously. And the, that's the point of her character was that she is young and beautiful and someone you want your son to marry. But it's funny, the audience sort of, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, 
Didn't happen at your place, obviously. No, no. No. There's a element to the story as well, which I thought was a bit awkward, and, and, you know, speaking from a different culture. The fact that they they kicked out the his older sister, the family. Yes. For um, because she fell in love with a a, a white British guy and yes. had a family and stuff with him. I I can see where they're coming from because they want someone to. You know, they didn't want her to marry him, and so she did that, and so then that's why she's out. And it's all about culture and family and belonging and religion and all that. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of felt like the family were just being, like, really mean, and so I didn't quite really care for them much. Like, oh, you guys are really mean to your daughter. You just wanted, just wanted, yeah. you just fell in love, you know? I think it was hard to, hard to find redeeming qualities after that. I agree. From my perspective. I think that was intentional, though, because that was Lily James's perspective. Why can't you just talk to her? Why can't you just, mm. you know, she loves someone. Like, that's her crime. How mm. bad can it be? But I think perhaps, so I think it was touching there on the multiculturalism and, and that not gelling. But I don't think it explored enough about why that is means something different in that culture. Like, why it was yeah, so true. bad. Because, like, from our perspective and Lily James's character's perspective, she just fell in love. Like, she can't help that. And she says that in a little piece to mm. camera. And obviously the no-brainer is get back in touch with your part, with your daughter. Mm. But, I, I, again, I don't think it did a great job of explaining why yeah. it wasn't that easy for them. Yeah, and from what I picked up on other, other movies and also just in the wider culture, you know, it's not just you. It's you're, you're part of the family and so you have to do the right thing by the family. Yes. And she was making an individualist choice to fall in love and yeah. do that, knowing full well what happened. So I get that. And also the, the, the film does explore a little bit about, you know, you learn to love the person your your family chooses for you. Mm-hmm. And so then what is love in that in that sense? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, falling, you know, finding someone attractive and then getting to know them or is it choosing to build a life with somebody? That includes raising children and whatnot. Um yeah, the film hints at those things. It doesn't fully explore either way, I don't think. I think maybe because the ending was predetermined. Yes, exactly. They've got to be together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, and I don't know how to do this properly. I'm completely going to mess it up. And so feel free to take it out, Sine. Okay. Various points, Lily James sort of just lets loose at a nightclub and hooks up with a guy or whatever and has a one night stand. Yeah. And then, like, the next morning, she's upset to see that he's got a family and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it right, but you're not marrying him. Like, it's not like it's a huge thing. This guy you just met and slept with, and oh. what seemed like it was a mutually sort of one night stand situation. See, my you know? my interpretation of that scene was a bit different. I yeah. I didn't think yeah. she was disappointed in that she couldn't be with him. For me, it sort of was like, oh, all these men are the same. All these men lie mm. about stuff because she was going through that t- that part of the narrative where she's like, you can't trust anybody. You know, they're lying they're cheating about everything. And stuff. And okay, cheating. no, that, that's true. I think yeah. that was more because she's like, I want to try and drown my sorrows in this lifestyle that I, has been working for me up until mm. this point. But she's constantly being confronted with the fact that this isn't what she wants, even as much as she tells herself okay. that it is, you know. But that's that just my sense. reading. That could be totally like not intended and yours could well, be correct as well. Well, the other thing I, I feel like it's like, again, take a out if it doesn't sound right. But it's like you go out. You get fucked up, and the next day you're like, "Oh my god, I, just, I got fucked up last night." I'm so upset about that. I'm like, yeah, because you <laughs> went out to get fucked up. Like, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> but 
again, it's a cycle she's in and she's finding it hard to break out of that. Yeah. And also, like, us as people aren't really, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) we're not really the kinds of people to go and do things like that. So maybe it doesn't ring true for us, but maybe it it rings true for, you know, a different part of the audience as well. Um, what do you think about the fairy tale stories she's telling throughout the film? Clearly, don't shit on your current boyfriend by calling him a beast and saying he's fine and he'll just do while you're telling your nieces or sort of pretend nieces a story with a door open. Have some, like, awareness, everybody. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. I felt that was really shoehorned in and I, I didn't feel like it fit narratively i didn't know that what yeah. we were doing here was a fairy tale and if that was the case we should have framed um kazim as having his own fairy tale and that should have been the final fairy tale is sometimes mm. you don't choose the person that you love but it gets chosen for you or whatever and even though that they didn't love each other sure. in the beginning they learned to love each other like that should be your story but again it can't because you've already come up with it's a rom-com and they have to end up together at the end you know mm. Um, it was a bit weird her talking about being um, Cinderella and stuff. I'm like, that's you. You're Cinderella. Me? Oh, my God, she was Cinderella. Oh, my God, yeah. I really forgot about that. Yeah, she was. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, With her Photoshopped waist that everyone got very yeah, enraged so about. Um, I mean, I liked I liked it, but it felt a bit awkward and shoehorned in a little bit too. Yeah. That element. I agree. But it was, it was something. It was interesting, I guess. So, yeah. So, with all that, though, you still enjoyed it? The um, the rom-com uh, To be honest, the more that we've broken it apart, the less I've enjoyed mm. it. <laughs> okay. But I feel like it's kind of the kind of movie that I would re-watch just for a bit of comfort because it's predictable and sweet and mm. you know what happens in it and... Nothing, oh, yeah. like, horrible happens that's very triggering or whatever. It's a very... Mm. If you're sick. If you're <laughs> sick and you're, like, stuck on the couch. No, people all know what I mean by this. Don't laugh at yeah. me. The If you're sick and stuck on the couch and you want a predictable, like, oh, that's nice, without challenging too much of your views and whatever, then I think this mm-hmm. is the kind of movie that you put on, you know? Sure. I think also, you know... We should recognise that where we're coming from, being white people in Australia, might be different perspective than multicultural yes. um, British viewpoint on this film. So don't want to feel like we're yeah, saying it's bad and you should think it's bad. I think just from our perspective, some things didn't work for us. For um, sure. The script itself, like we made fun of that, those sort of awkward um, orientation elements at the start. Mm-hmm. I think throughout as well. There are a couple of times where they're having an argument or something and like everyone's answer is just perfect, which is a movie thing for sure. But like, you know, when you're a real person in arguments, you never quite get the words out correctly. You don't have the right example at the top of your tip of your tongue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even just then. So it felt a little bit like just a bit too perfect there. That said though, I think there were some really nice um, flourishes to the script, um, especially at the end where it's not like, do you want to go out with me? It's, do you want to watch a TV series with me? I liked that. That was, See, that was really this nice. This is how yeah. it gets me. Those little sucky things <laughs> where I'm like, oh. Yeah. And, and Lily James as well, just effervescent oh, at the center of it all. Yeah. So you can't, you can't be too mad. No. <laughs> and, and, and Emma Thompson, 
aspect. Like, like a lot of those things Emma Thompson did were ad-libbed, surely. Like a lot of those little, just the little affectations on the end of a scene or the little mm. like movement that she does is just oh, so and also, beautiful. Like, like props to her for being a movie star who's been around for yes. so long, taking a supporting role and just killing it and not being that's the only I, thing in the movie. Yes, you know? that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like mm. she's transitioning into these, whether intentionally or not, supporting sometimes comedic, motherly, like maternal yeah. sort of roles. And she doesn't have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you could have anyone in this role, anyone. Yeah, sure. But she yeah. like takes it and, you know, it's that there's no small parts thing, you know. She takes it and makes the most of that role and but yeah. completely becomes the character and gives the best performance in the film. Like you Also, know. like I don't I don't know if this is the case here, but you kind of think this sort of script in this film does it get up if Emma Thompson's not there, given she's a There's draw card and everyone well. loves her, yeah. you know? So I like if she if... was um produced it at all, helped produce or anything. Doesn't seem like it no. from what I okay. can see here, but mm. but you know, just having her there on the cast does does make it Yes. That much more attractive yeah. to everyone involved. Sure. Um, and I like, you know, the aspects of the fact that she is trying to arrange her daughter's marriage at all times. Yes. Is is interesting. And they did touch upon that, which is cool. Yeah. Although there's a scene, again, in the trailer that was cut where mm. Lily James says they have a fight and she says, am, am I half a person when I'm not with a man? Is that what you think? That's in the movie. I remember that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Ignore me. Did you fall asleep during that part? No, I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> okay. No, it's true though. It's a good point. Was she, um, and like as a mama, she's mother. She's just like, I want you to be happy. Mm, I want being the best a, for you. Yeah. Yes, being in a successful relationship is a good way to be happy, mm-hmm. especially if you want children soon and you know, a bit of a, I'm a I want grandchildren sort of thing. But it's from a good place, clearly, and that that's exactly what. Um, Kazim's family would say as well, we want the best for him, wanted yeah. to be in a successful marriage, we just sort of got different ways around it. I found it interesting that there's no, there was no cultural divide that the two mothers in the film had to cross. Like mm. Emma Thompson was very much the, the sort of, um, I don't know, Gen X generation maybe where, or maybe slightly boomer, mm-hmm. where she's not racist herself, but she has a lot of traditional views of people of color and yeah. and almost i don't know i felt sometimes maybe a bit heavy-handedly the movie was like racism exists and she's like oh my god racism exists what i didn't know that racism mm. existed i didn't really like that too much but interesting that she it didn't delve with any of those i don't know like she didn't come out and say to Kazine's mother this is cruel what you're doing arranging for them or i'm actually really admirable of you doing this and i wish i could do this for zoe you know they just sort of didn't interact with that part of the narrative yeah yeah i mean maybe they they've reached they they love each other they're good friends and they respect each other's cultures well yeah but you could have drawn the parallel that maybe she she wanted wish she could have done that or she thinks it's a great idea Mm. or oh yeah you know do you know what i mean like have them interact Mm. with that at least it was like the interactions yeah. they had were very separate to the central issue of the film. Sure. But I, I don't know. Maybe that was intentional. It was very funny when they come out of the screening and Emma Thompson comes up and it says, everyone else is upset about the content of the film that mm. they've been sort of surprised with. And she's like, oh, yes. You made me look fat on there. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you show me look like that in the dress? Yeah. <laughs> that was just perfect. Yeah. 
So there's a lot. We, we've I feel like we've been a bit harsh in it, but lots of love about the film hmm. and enjoyable, enjoyable um, experience. Yeah. Overall, but as you said, maybe a few tweaks and it could have been so much better. Yeah, but the, Hollywood aren't ever going to make the movie that we want this to be. You know, like. Well, we said so many times recently, they want you to leave the rom-com mm-hmm. with a smile on your face mm-hmm. and tell your friends to go watch it as well. So, yeah, the ending is predetermined in that sense, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Um, go see Leo Grande, that's what I say. Yes. <laughs> Definitely go see that film. I was just going to rate it. I was going to say I, I'm going to give it 3.75. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm, I'm not sure you can give... No, no. It's all right. You, you, you do, you Sorry, you're not, point, you're not sure at this point I can give quarter, quarter stars. How long have we been doing the podcast? I don't know if the film reviewers union agrees with that. I rate but, on my own know. rating system. I don't okay. adhere to them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's been it's been a pretty good festival, British mm. Film Festival. And, yeah, I imagine all these films will be getting wider releases um, soon enough. So Yes. Um, we might go and do... Um, a, a Banshees or an Empire of Light soul episode once they are released? Yes. Maybe, Emily? Maybe no. not, though, from, from what you I said. Don't, I don't think you'll like it. Your main thing is don't change details in films just to change them, just for the sake of changing, and that's the entire premise of the film. So mm. I do not mm-hmm. think you will like it. <laughs> mm. Interesting. But see, if you want, I'm not telling you what to do. I'll do what I want. I know you will. And if you just want to go see Emma Mackey be beautiful and brilliant, go for it. I'd probably just watch more Sex Education, wouldn't well, I? Well, yeah. Okay, well, we've done previous film festival wrap-ups on this show. We've also do other episodes just about other films that are coming out. Uh, you might be surprised to hear that five <laughs> or six years in. So we've got a big back, big back catalogue there. Um, not sure if Twitter exists by the time this is released to the world, but if it is, we're on there. If not... We'll be on whatever the new thing is. Are we going to do some toots over on Mastodon, Sine? Not since I found out that it was literally changed for the, a YouTuber. Who, for H-bomber guy. Yeah, who gave the money, which is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what you can look forward to, though. I think this episode is scheduled to come out the week of Christmas. Ooh. So those who tune into this episode and listen to the very end will know we will have a special bonus episode on Christmas Day, as we have done for the last couple of years, I think. For those people who maybe aren't having such a great time and you need 15 minutes to yourself in the bathroom to just have a break from some family members. You know, so we all need a little break on Christmas Day. So you can look forward to that bonus episode coming out on the 25th. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. You haven't even recorded it yet, so <laughs> who knows what it's going to be. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see you then. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.